You are tuning to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. Is a core forming with the Kansas City Royals? Is second baseman Michael Massey maybe a better fit long-term than we thought? And who replaces Zach Greinke in the rotation? All that is coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. First things first, want to thank you for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every day. And you can always find us on those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and always check us out on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. If you don't want to go to any of those podcasting links or you don't want to go to YouTube or, or go through the hassle of that, just check me out on Twitter at Johnny J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And I'll just be tweeting out the links. You won't have to worry about finding them. They'll be right there if you just follow me on Twitter. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs, and I'm going to talk about them here coming up shortly. I just got a pair of shorts and a pair of pants and a hat uh, recently, and they might be the most comfortable pair of shorts I've ever owned and most comfortable pair of pants that I've ever known. And the hat's pretty cool as well. So I want to tell you why they are better than the average shorts, than the average pants, and and why you should start buying bird dogs today. So it'll be coming up here rather shortly. I do want to get into, though, the young core of this team and why I now think there's more pieces to that core than I originally thought. The Royals win last night in Boston at Fenway Park 9-3. to It was a slugfest for the offense. Brady Singer had a quality start when six and two-thirds allowed just three earned runs. Michael Massey homered, MJ Melendez homered, Drew Waters homered. And I started to think to myself, is this core maybe a little bit better than I thought? And at the end of the day, a lot of them were just going through sophomore slumps early on. Or am I getting caught up in the recency bias? Am I looking at this team right now and just seeing what I want to see, not seeing any flaws? I don't think it's really that because at the end of the day, this team is what their record is. And these young players, both eye test and analytically, are showing that they can be future big leaguers. Now, Bobby Wood Jr. and Michael Garcia are kind of in a category of their own. They are showing to everybody, not just in Kansas City, that they are a very strong left side of the infield. And I tweeted this out, oh, two or three weeks ago, that you didn't have to worry about three spots in your lineup for next year. That was Garcia at third, that was Witt Jr. at short, and that was Vinny Pasquantino coming off this shoulder surgery, but he's going to come back and play first base. I I think my gut tells me now that he is going to be this team's first baseman, not Nick Prado. So those are three spots that I feel pretty confident are locks. I'm not going to have to worry about those guys, barring any injuries. Now, though, I'm starting to see more and more guys show that they are fit. And here's the importance of showing that there is a core here. It's not just one or two guys. That there can be a group of five to six that you say, okay, these are the guys we're going to build around. 
if we can all recall back to John Sherman's presser at the Royals Hall of Fame, want to say a month and a half ago, he said they're ready to spend. They are ready to give this team some help as long as there's a core to build around. You don't go out and spend if you have one or two good guys. You need like five or six, and this includes pitchers. And I think now, at least in this hot stretch where the Royals have won eight of 11, you are starting to see why some of these guys stayed in Kansas City longer and didn't get demoted to AAA, didn't have a reset. That Matt Quattrero, that Keone Duren, that Alex Zumwalt, that Brian Sweeney, Zach Bill, they stuck with these guys. There's a reason for it. I think a perfect example, who we're going to talk about here shortly, is Michael Massey. Michael Massey was a guy that was struggling worse than anybody in baseball. Going back to, to May and June, he was well below average. There was no power. He was swinging and missing at a high rate. And you're starting to question, was Michael Massey showing last year in his small sample size kind of a flash in the pan? Nobody knew how to pitch to him. They thought, look, he's a small second baseman. Just give him a pitch over the heart of the plate, see what he does with it. And he took advantage of it more often than not. Now we're starting to see not only a guy that can do damage with that, but serious damage. He had his 10th homer last year, and I think now he's pacing to finish with around 14 or 15. You get that from your second baseman, and the way he's been hitting the ball lately, I can put him as a lock for second base going into 2024. And here's another good thing about Michael Massey. Michael Massey can field. He's the 85th percentile in outs above average. So you're giving 15 home runs with a good defensive second baseman. I'm fine with that. I'm not looking elsewhere to try to replace that. Now, maybe it's a hot streak. Maybe he's just feeling good right now. Every player, even bad ones, can have a really good week or two. But I think we've started to see a good Michael Massey for about the last month, month and a half. His WRC plus is above league average. He's walking more. He's striking out less. And he's hitting the ball harder. That's important for me. So if Michael Massey, you can plug into the second base spot, then my infield's set. I'm not worrying about signing anybody through free agency, making any trades, because it's Garcia, Wade Jr., Massey, Pasquantino. I'm not going to complain about that. I actually like that core group of four right there. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Okay, what if the Royals trade Salvador Perez in the offseason? I'm not losing my mind. I'm hoping the return is pretty good. I'm hoping you add some pitching talent. I'm hoping you add a corner outfield bat, a middle of the lineup bat, maybe somebody like a Brian De La Cruz, a Jesus Sanchez, and then you add a couple of top 30 guys. Not going to complain with that. But if you trade Salvador Perez, I think Freddie Fermin is more than capable of taking over behind the plate. And you could make a case. You could make a case that Freddie Fermin, assuming this isn't a flash in the pan, that he could be more valuable to this team than Salvador Perez would be at age 34. I think you could really make that case. Right now, in less than 200 plate appearances, Freddie Freeman, or Freddie Fermin, excuse me, Freddie Fermin has the highest WRC plus on the team. He's better defensively behind the plate. He's better framing than Salvador Perez. So as long as this is not a flash in the pan, 
there's a guy I'm sticking behind the plate. And the rotation, I'm going to keep Singer. I'm going to keep Reagans. Then I'm going to make some free agent moves. Then I'm going to spend there, add maybe two guys and not just old rentals. No Grankies, no Lyles. If you want to throw Chris Bubich into that conversation, I'm not going to fight you, but guys coming off Tommy John surgery aren't usually what they were. I don't think we're going to get that April version back of Chris Bubich immediately coming off Tommy John surgery. So I'm going to keep Singer, Reagans, move on. So right there, I'm keeping seven guys. In the outfield, I'm going to keep Drew Waters. Still need to see more from MJ Melendez. I don't want to overreact to this really good two-game stretch he's had. He's been better in the second half, but still a lot I'm concerned with, especially with his fit defensively. I don't know where you put him. I don't think you can live with his defense the way his bat is out there in right and left field. But Drew Waters, I'm not going to quit just yet. He's still young, too. He's 24. Melendez is young as well, but the defense isn't there. Drew Waters is showing there is some serious pop in that bat, and he can hit the ball hard. Strikeout numbers are alarming, but maybe you can work on that in the offseason. So there's eight guys. You want to keep Hernandez and not trade him? There's nine. Nine guys to the core. Then you piece together through draft picks, through Rule 5 picks, through trades, through free agency. There's a bigger core than we think. And I'm starting to like this core each day a little bit more. I'm starting to like them just a little bit more each day. Because there are some big leaguers on this team. A slow start was bad, and no, winning doesn't mean much when you're 40 games under, but it does to them. And for the young guys to play well, that's important for the fan base. That's important for the organization. You build a core, this front office will spend a little bit in the offseason, which I already believe they are going to do. Okay, don't go anywhere because when we come back, let's talk about one of those guys who I believe is now in that core, and that is Michael Massey. He's coming up on Locked On Royals. You are tuning to Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at Johnny J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's title sponsors in Bird Dogs. And I just got my first pair of Bird Dogs, or at least my newest pair of Bird Dogs the other day. And I've already worn them twice. They are incredibly comfortable. They're not like your typical shorts either or your typical pants. So I got a pair of shorts. I got a pair of pants, and I got a really cool white hat that I've been wearing everywhere. I've been wearing it to work, been wearing it in the yard. They are so comfortable. I've never really had a pair of shorts or a pair of pants like this. Uh, they're, you know, comfortable to wear, easy to wear, breathable. That's important for a lot of us out there. You need breathable shorts. And for pants, it, it's in the summertime, but I wear them around the house. I'm not sweating. Okay, you don't just feel uncomfortable or itchy or anything like that. That's what Bird Dogs gives you. So here's what you need to do. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat. That hat I just talked about, it's the same exact one. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. They promise you. So on the topic of this core, discussing Michael Massey, discussing Michael Garcia, Bobby Wood Jr., Vinny Pasquantino, Freddie Fermin. Uh, I think you look at Drew Waters. I don't really think Kyle Isbell's any, any longer a fit. I don't think Dyron Blanco is. I don't think Daniel Lynch is. I don't think some of those guys you're, you're slowly kind of filtering through the lineup are all going to be fits. 
Okay, you looked at what this team did. They are clearly not all big league ball players. But one guy that I think is so easy to root for, he's a guy that I have constantly found myself stat sheet checking every single night. And I watch all the games, so I don't really need to go back every single time and see what he did in the box score. But I look at the advanced numbers. I want to see the walk rate. I want to see the WRC plus, the expected batting average. I want to see the OPS plus, all of that. Because Michael Massey is a guy that I really believe if the bat fully comes around, you could have a top five second baseman in the American League. Now, let me be very clear about why that's the case. Again, we don't overreact to good stretches and say, well, he's an all-star now. There are three potential all-stars on this team. When Vinny Pasquantino comes back, Bobby Wood Jr., and Michael Garcia, assuming he continues this trend offensively. Bobby Wood Jr., I feel like it's a lock next year to be an all-star. Vinny Pasquantino, I said he was going to be the all-star representative for the Royals this year, but then, of course, he got hurt. So there's three guys that are future all-stars, in my opinion. I believe that much in those guys. Massey, I don't think, is going to be an all-star second baseman. But keep in mind here, the second base position is not valued in Major League Baseball. It's not like the running back position in the NFL, because I don't think second base is as involved as a running back is. But second base is, is very interchangeable. There are some really good teams out there that do not have a good second baseman, which is why I believe, with a good bat, Michael Massey can be a top five second baseman in the AL. So you look at what he's doing right now. Defensively, I think he's great. We've seen some fantastic web gems. He's not as good as Nicky Lopez was at second base, but I think he's going to get there. You are seeing the comfort really settle in for him. And now the bat's coming around. And when you feel good in the field, all you got to feel like is, well, let's just give him enough offensively. I was told this growing up when I when I do pitching lessons, I do hitting lessons, you know, around the high school time, you're working out and stuff. I was always told that if you're out there, you're playing varsity, you're playing college ball, you got to be doing one thing well. If you ain't hitting, you better be fielding really well. And eventually, when you get the confidence from that one thing, if you're hitting really well, but you can't field, the other comes around. I think we're seeing that with Michael Massey. That defensively, he's feeling really good. He's doing glove flips to Michael Garcia. He's doing incredible double plays with Bobby Witt Jr. That's comfortability. That's confidence. It's radiating from him. And back in May and June, I think he was so caught up with how he was struggling offensively he wasn't really feeling himself, if you will, at second base. Now you're seeing that he feels like he can get anything at second base, and the bat's coming around. And when you have that, a young player can take off. I mean, Michael Massey could be, surprisingly, which just sounds weird coming out of my mouth, could be one of the top power-hitting second basements when this year concludes. Let's say he finishes with 15 home runs. He's not tops in the league. But you're putting him around the top 10 category. 15 home runs for a second baseman is pretty impressive. Especially for his size. And it's not like he's got tremendous biceps or a 220-pound frame. He's not built like Brian Dozier. Remember those years in Minnesota? He had the 
40 home run season. He's not built like that. He's not built like Jonathan Scope, who's six foot five. So what that tells you is bat speed, barrel control, exit velocity, launch angle too. So he's getting under the ball and he's hitting it hard. I mean, Michael Massey hit the facing on the second deck at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia over the weekend. That's not just a flash in the pan. That's not just I'm dinking one over the fence. No, I loved Whit Merrifield. When when Whit Merrifield hit a home run for Kansas City, it never really flew 100, 200 feet over the fence. Not many do. I'm going to say it's not Barry Bonds out there. But Whit Merrifield's are usually wall scrapers. He was at Kauffman Stadium, big park. But his home runs the left field, they went in the bullpen. His home runs the left center, first couple rows in left center field in front of the fountains. Massey can really run into them. And that's impressive to me. Because defensively, I'm already there. I'm sold on what he can do defensively. But you bring the bat, that's when I'm really opening my eyes. I mean, Nicky Lopez, that 2000, I think, 21 year, when he slashed 300, 365, or he had an OBP of 365, he was really good. Gold glove defensively at shortstop. But it was never the bat that really impressed me because he was a singles hitter. I don't think Michael Massey's a singles hitter. I think there is some pop in that bat, and it's important that he has that pop because I think you're starting to see a guy that knows he can hit big league pitching. Now, Michael Garcia is on a 12-game hitting streak. All of those hits are singles, but that's what happens when you've already established yourself as a good hitter in baseball, that you know how to hit the ball. Your approach changes. We've seen Michael Garcia with two strikes just flick it the other way. And now we're seeing Michael Massey, you know, turn on those two one pitches. He is punishing mistakes. I said this about Bobby Wood Jr. in that series in Philadelphia, where in the past, we thought that he put good swings on mistakes. You, you leave a 77-mile-an-hour curveball belt high, and you rip it to shortstop, it's a hard ground ball, or you foul it straight back, what's everybody say? Your coaches, whoever you're watching the game with, that's a good swing right there. You know, the Royals broadcast say that. That's a good swing right there. But Bobby Witt Jr. has transformed from putting good swings on mistakes to punishing them, that you don't get a second chance if you make a pitch like that. Now with Michael Massey, you're starting to see him punish those mistakes. It happened in that New York series when he had three home runs. And this power surge has been something to behold. This is important for a guy like him. He finishes with 15 home runs. That OBP climbs over 300. I'm very sold then on the complete ball player that is Michael Massey. I'm buying into it a little bit. And I love the fact that right now the Royals are forming this infield that I think can be pretty good next year. Defensively, they may be one of the best in baseball. Garcia and Bobby Wood Jr. might be the best left side in baseball right now, defensively speaking. We know what they can do offensively. You add Michael Massey in that conversation, and let's say Benny Pasquantino improves a little bit, man, that's a group that's a lot better than maybe Major League Baseball thinks, maybe even some pessimistic Royals fans think. Uh, this is something to watch. I really like what Michael Massey's doing, and he's an easy guy to root for. He really is. I love watching him play, and I love watching the surge that he's been on. Okay, before we wrap up our show, 
Let's talk about Zach Granke once again. He hits the injured list for seemingly the third or fourth time this year. But who takes his spot? I'll tell you who coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's other sponsors in Sleeper. I got two picks for tonight's game for Kansas City and Boston in game three at Fenway Park. I don't think there's been a home run from one of the sure-handed home run guys in this lineup yet against the Red Sox. Now, Green Monster, Green Monster, it's very inviting. We saw MJ Melendez go over the monster last night, but two guys that have yet to do it in this series, and I think one of them gets it done, it's Salvador Perez and Bobby Wood Jr. Somebody's homering tonight. I just have that gut feeling that somebody's going to run into one. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. would be the safer bet because of how he's been playing over the last two months. But I think Salvi's due. I really think Salvador Perez is due for a monster shot over the green monster. So give me him as one of my sleeper fantasy picks. And then I'm going to go with another tough one. I'm going to go with Carlos Hernandez to pick up the save tonight. A little bit of a rebound from what happened on Monday night. I think the Royals will take a lead into the ninth inning, hoping it's more than just one run. But I think Carlos gets his second big lead save tonight at Fenway Park. So with Sleeper, do you think my picks are right? Do you think that Salvi can get a home run against Boston? Think Carlos Hernandez can get a save against the Red Sox lineup? Well, I sure do. And on Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times the payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you could win big with Sleeper. The last thing I want to dive into today is going over Zach Greinke and how they're going to replace him in the rotation. If you've listened to my podcast before, you've heard me use the term phantom IL stint. A guy's struggling. A guy's been roughed up over the last month. You just put him on the IL to rest. And it's usually depending on what that injury is. You know, if it's a strain, that's not a fake injury. If it's a a pulled muscle, it's not a, a fake injury. The fake injuries to me, or at least the easy ones to define a phantom IL stint, arm fatigue and soreness. And now we found out that Zach Granke is going on the injured list with, I believe it's elbow soreness, I think it's more so of giving the guy a rest because he's been roughed up. It's been a rough 2023 for Zach Cranky. And I think the Royals are going to try to find a way to make him finish this season strong because he deserves that. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Royals Hall of Famer. And you don't want to run him into the ground where he's getting you know, hit around like he did in Philadelphia. He's getting destroyed left and right. You don't want to see that. Which young guy replaced him in the rotation? I know Matt Cotrero said last night that Angel Serpa may get the bulk of those innings. He threw a third of an inning last night when the Royals were up big in a blowout. You could go with Max Castillo if you want to bring him up from AAA Omaha, though he hasn't looked that impressive of late. You're not going to use Austin Cox. I feel like he's really solidified himself in the bullpen. You don't want to move him off those spots. You could go with a bullpen game though I'm not too high on that for a Friday night game against the Cardinals. 
I feel like you got to throw some starter out there. A long shot to me is Anthony Veneziano, though he got knocked around a bit in his last start down in AAA Omaha. So maybe starting him on a Friday night in a rivalry game isn't the best option. Might need a, a low pressure situation, a low pressure spot for a guy that doesn't have high prospect status, but I think he's had a pretty good year. But if you're asking me right now who replaces Zach Granke and who I think really replaces Zach Granke moving forward, it's got to be Angel Serpa. He's back with this team after missing the majority of the year. Now, I thought he's been great every time he started for the Royals going back to two years ago. I've loved the numbers. We all remember his start in Toronto during that COVID game where all the young guys came up. He's not really scared. And he did get roughed up in that series against the Phillies. He got, you know, Knocked around the park for a couple of home runs. Gave up four runs, I think, in three innings. He didn't look great last night, but I don't think that's a role that Angel Serpa is very good in. I don't think Angel Serpa needs to be a late-inning bullpen guy. I think he fits in the rotation. I mean, I'm not really concerned about having too many lefties in the rotation. If you added in Angel Serpa, you right, only, you only have two right now. You have Cole Reagans and Angel Serpa. I think, though, he's the likely option here. I don't think he works deep into the game on Friday, but he gets three or four innings. And then you turn it over to an Austin Cox, or you turn it over to a Tucker Davidson. You turn it over to, oh, you're not going to go to Alec Marsh because Alec Marsh starts tomorrow. Uh, you could rely on a couple of guys. You know, Maybe you go to John Heasley for a couple of innings. There's guys you could turn to. But I think they need to build Angel Serpa back up because he's a guy I want taking the ball every fifth day in this rotation rather than Zach Greinke. I don't really want to see Zach Greinke making too many starts anymore. Here's what I would do. You, if you've ever seen the home and road splits for Zach Greinke, they are completely different. Now you look at what he's done at Coffin Stadium, it's manageable. On the road, it is really ugly. It's bad. So to make Zach end this career on a high note, on a good stretch, I'd only start him at home. I would find a way to flip it around. And maybe Zach wouldn't agree to that, but he seems like a pretty agreeable guy. He will do what's best for the team. Now, maybe it's going to wear on him that he hasn't won a road game as since returning for the Royals. He hasn't done that. But I don't know if he cares at this point. I think what he'd probably care more about is finishing on a high note, finishing with some good starts down the stretch. He's been very good at Kauffman Stadium. He's been very bad everywhere else. So I'd give Angel Serpa the chance now. And then maybe in September, the final couple starts of the year at Kauffman Stadium, you could put Serpa back in the pen and you could start Granky just to give him that farewell, that send off and, and show the respect for truly one of this game's great pitchers. It's been ugly for him, but that doesn't mean you can't salvage what's left in that 40-year-old arm of his. Okay, that's going to do it for another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And be sure to check us out on all those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and on YouTube. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.